And do you know how many people would probably like run away at the sight of dismembered legs? Yeah. Dude, there's a four foot bong and a bag of wheat by your bed. <laughs> Tillywinks, the parlor game for nerds, is nearing extinction. It's in my pod! It's in my pod! <laughs> I will find proof. <laughs> I'm very easily startled, Mr. Finkerton. <laughs> I don't know which regulation body would regulate the uh, penis ring that you were talking about earlier. <laughs> I'm ready to remain conscious as we record this show. We did change that around. Yeah, we talked. Uh, we we talked about it on. Um, oh God, which episode was it? A couple episodes ago. Uh, There's one I had said the. Um, I will find proof, and you're like, oh, that needs to go in the intro. Really? Yeah. Good job. Yeah. There you go. Well, I figured, and I figured the best part. I have of, to take your word for this at this point. Uh, well, I figured, I figured the best position for it was after you're like, it's in my butt. It's in my butt. I will find proof. <laughs> that made me laugh. Well, that's what we're here for, Chris. Well, uh, quite honestly, and most of this podcast, by the way, is, uh, I, I think the reason I like it so much is a lot of the stuff we say, and we're thankful you guys find most of it funny, too, Right, is really just to entertain me and Mark. Mm-hmm. You're just along for the ride. Exactly. Here's a glimpse into our psyche. That's not it's pretty. It's a glimpse into what it was like for us in the front of the ambulance. Yeah. I mean, not all of it. No. It wouldn't be listenable. Probably be actionable, actually. <laughs> <laughs> So, hey, welcome to Medical Stuff. My name is Mark. <sighs> Frankham, and that is Chris. Man, I did not sleep last night, Fingston. Yeah. How many hours of night do you sleep? How many hours of night do I sleep? Uh- <laughs> well, right now, working nights. When you go to bed and go to sleep, how many hours do you generally sleep? Oh, gosh. Well, as we're about to discuss, that uh, can be hard to determine, depending on what you call sleep. But... Uh- I don't. So, like, well, today, for example, I slept about five hours. Is that pretty normal for you? Uh, that seems about normal. And it, it really depends kind of what goes on. But, yeah, it does seem about normal. Because I imagine you're like a three to five hour a night kind of person. It's kind of where I have to. It's not where I want to be, but it's kind of where I have to be. Yeah. Is that because you're on night shift or is that even when – so, on day shift, if you're working a, a normie schedule – if I'm working a normie schedule, I actually typically get around six hours or so. Okay. So, I mean, especially now that, that the boys are both of an age where once they go to sleep, they pretty much stay to sleep. Unless right. there's something wrong. Like if they're sick, then yeah, they have rough nights. But no, for the most part, if I'm on a normal schedule, mm-hmm. I'll be about six, sometimes more. Okay. So, yeah. I just figured you were like a three to five hour kind of person. You seem to be up at late up late at night doing stuff. Yeah. Now, does that is that just normal or is that when you're like rabbit holing something? Uh, Sometimes when I'm rabbit holing something, a lot of times too is I have like a lot of hobbies and the only time you can really do them is Mm -hmm. like you watch the kids all day. The only thing I really do it is like at night. Right. You know, there's that. But um, yeah, especially a lot with the podcast. I end up kind of up late because what I'll do is I'll, uh, I'll, um, I'll edit and then I'll be like, oh, I haven't played this video game in a while, which is not a healthy choice. (laughs) No. But uh, the other problem too is I'll eat while I do stuff and eating. Uh, and it's not actually help you sleep sometimes. Really? So, yeah, there's some thought that it actually can help you sleep, but um, that's not always the case. It really depends on what you're eating. I find I'm about seven hours. Yeah. If I hit that seven-hour window uh, and I wake up, I feel really good. If I go too much longer than that, if I go eight or nine or sometimes even more, unless I'm just hammered tired. Right. I mean, there's those times when, you know, with the job and with everything else, you're getting three to five hours of sleep a night. There are times, you know, and at the end of the week, I'll just sleep, you know, 10, 12 hours. Not about 12 hours.
hours, but 10 hours, not mm-hmm. 11 hours. And I'll feel okay. But if that, if the, if it's, if the situation is not that I've been deprived of sleep and I sleep more than that seven hours, I actually feel up like waking kind of like crap. No. Uh-huh. You know, wake up feeling just draggy all day long. I'm like, I can't get motivated. Fun story, Mark. There's a reason for that. Really? Yeah. Cause today we're talking about sleep. Let's talk about sleep, baby. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about you and me. I don't think that's what they're talking Let's about. Talk about making Z's. I don't there know. You <laughs> there you go. There so. Uh, so, sleep. So, the U.S. National Institute of Health defines sleep as a naturally recurring state of mind and body characterized by altered consciousness, relatively inhibited sensory activity, inhibition of nearly all voluntary muscles, and reduced interactions with surroundings. It is distinguished from wakefulness by a decreased ability to react to stimuli, but more reactive than coma or disorders of consciousness, sleep displaying very different and active brain patterns. So, a lot of people think when you sleep, you're inactive. You're not. Your no, no, brain no. It actually becomes quite active, especially the deeper level of sleep you go. Right. Your brain starts doing different things. And Have you seen the video of the dog who ends up getting up and running into the wall? Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> he is so actively dreaming that he ends up standing up and he's running in his sleep on his side. Yeah. And he like gets up acts and like something. He, he bites at something behind him. Yeah. And then that prompts him to get up and he just runs straight in the wall to the point that they've now got the dog a helmet. <laughs> oh, this happens frequently. Right. Oh, God. Uh, so, that actually brings up a good point. Why do we sleep in the first place? And I, when I went to research this, I actually expected a lot more concrete knowledge than that's actually out there. But why we even sleep is not fully understood. Well, because we're tired. Well, example, why are you tired? Because it was a busy day. What's the biological benefit of sleeping? Being less tired. <laughs> well, as it turns out, Mark, that is actually a lot of it. <laughs> a lot of. Where's my PhD money? Well, no, there there was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, oh gosh, you know, I'm not not exactly sure who said it. It was definitely not me, uh, but it was a physician in my research who had said, "Here's the one thing that we do know that makes you sleep is feeling tired. That's about it. Yeah. Everything else is this probably." Right. Is what makes you sleepy. And so, a lot of studies out there have correlation where they show maybe an increase or a decrease in a certain hormone, then followed by sleepiness, but not necessarily causation. And there's problems with it being consistent across multiple peoples, even through multiple rigorous studies. I digress, though. We'll get there in a little bit. So, why do we sleep? It's harder to answer than you might think. There is strong evidence that the body uses this. I just answered it. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Okay, podcast done. Uh, there's strong evidence uh, that the body uses this time to grow. There's also evidence that the body uses this time to allow for hormones to dissipate. And there's evolutionary theories as well. So evolutionary importance. One idea is that the reason why we sleep is that our evolution is that our <laughs> evolutionary predecessors uh, saved them from injury at night. We can't see. You're more vulnerable at night. Ergo. Sleeping and remaining still makes you harder to find for predators and less prone to injury. Um, This, however, argument is not commonly accepted because uh, it's not really clear because it could also you could also make the same argument for remaining conscious at night makes you more alert of predators and threats around you as opposed to being essentially passed out. So uh, this is not a commonly accepted belief. However, you may find it commonly out there during your research. There are plenty of more reputable sources that may debunk. That. So, would you say that energy conservation could be a reason? I would say that energy conservation could well, be a reason. because, you know, in animals with complex and substantial metabolic processes, uh, longer periods are noted of sleep, 
right? Yeah, right. For example, rats that move quickly and have good sensory perception have complex metabolic processes that support these functions. As such, they require more food and resources to support the process. Sleeping over 12 hours a day gives ample time where food intake isn't needed, thus allowing the rat to live on fewer resources. Right. And this can actually, this can be seen in humans too. Uh, humans that do not eat enough or have a, a poor diet find themselves more sleepy and uh, less alert throughout the day as well. Mm-hmm. And so part of that could be you also have less fuel to fuel these metabolic processes. Mm-hmm. And as such, uh, in turn, your body's like, well, hey, if we go to sleep, we don't need as much fuel. Hmm. So uh, sleeping uh, as a side effect of adenosine. So during periods of wakefulness, adenosine levels in the brain build up as a byproduct of ATP or adenosine triphosphate. Mm. If you go to the gym a lot or if you work out, you you eat, sleep and breathe ATP. Um, a lot of supplements out there are designed to increase ATP production. Whether or not they do is different podcast. But ATP is used in a lot of metabolic processes. It's essentially, it's like the energy unit of the body. Uh, and as these processes occur, adenosine builds up as a byproduct of the ATP being, ATP being used. Um, adenosine builds up, it binds to receptors, and that causes drowsiness. When people are asleep, adenosine levels are reduced because the metabolic processes that we're using ATP aren't occurring at the same frequency. In fact, fun fact, Caffeine works because it blocks adenosine receptors in the brain. Wow. The more you know. (laughs) So, uh, one of the reasons why we sleep could be restoration. Sleeping may allow for tissue to repair to go unhindered. Because, which makes sense. I mean, if you're moving constantly, then your body, you're going to constantly keep, uh, constantly. Yeah, and then constantly. I'm going to need you to hold your hands out in front of you, Mark. Exactly. We're going to do something called a stroke test. For more news. So, on- if you're moving, if you injure a muscle and your body's trying to repair it and you're constantly moving, it never gets a chance to actually repair that. That's going to come straight through the microphone. Yep, and there it is. <laughs> got that shit. Oh, so. Now I got finished eating it, goddamn it. So, uh, <laughs> uh, memory consolidation ion. I'm going to say that's supposed to be consolidation once. Yeah, it could be. Consolidation.ion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the more compelling ideas as to why humans sleep is this allows a brain to move memories and learn behaviors into long-term memory. So, basically, it's a big processing dump during the night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, research shows that participants uh, who were able to sleep appropriately retained information from the previous day far better than those who were sleep-deprived. Uh, when we know, uh, we know that when people access their short-term memory, activity in the hippocampus increases. And when they access long-term memory, we see increase in the activity in the cortex. Also, when people are sleeping, brain activity alternates between these two regions. Yeah. So what this really shows, this is actually more of a correlation again than causation, which a lot of the research in the sleep is. But basically what we're seeing is people who sleep remember stuff from the previous day better. And we see activity in these two areas. That are associated, yeah, that are associated with with these two things. Ergo. Could be a connection, but there's not a direct line between the two right now. Absolutely. So. So so here's the thing, though. Even today, much is still not known about why we sleep. Most of our knowledge comes from observing what happens when people do not get enough sleep. So it's more like um, we don't, we we know the negatives. Right. (laughs) We know how people behave when it doesn't We know we need it. Yeah. But (laughs) exactly why why, what it does because I imagine somewhere at the moment, 
because, I mean, medical research advances all the time. Mm -hmm. Someday someone's going to figure it out. Like, this is exactly why it is. And then someone's going to be like, hey, guys, made a pill, sleep not needed anymore. Right. And then your heart explodes out your chest as a side effect. But aside from that. Um, They do have a pill right now. Oh, do they? It's called math. I thought it was called Viagra. (laughs) That'll help you go to sleep eventually. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Once you get anywho. So, uh, (laughs) answer me a question, Chris. Uh, Go ahead and ask. Uh, How many types of sleep are there? 17. Really? Or five. Let's stick to the script. We'll go five. I was going to make up the remaining 12, but. uh, (laughs) You haven't had much sleep, and so cognitively, you could not come up with the other 12 on the fly. Yeah, so I had to go ahead and stick with the truth. Right. (laughs) We don't want. We don't want. Damn it. We don't want our our listeners calling in. No, just kidding. We do, actually. Yeah. Uh, I wish we had a phone number for them to call in. That would be, I mean, we do. Well, here, actually, okay, here's Mark Frankham's phone number. It is. <laughs> uh, so, there are five stages of sleep. So, when we first fall asleep, we start out in stage one. We progressively move stage through. Stage one. <laughs> Mark has gone into his uh, Broadway show producer mode. <laughs> stage left. Anyway. No, stage one. Stage one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we have, I'm, not, I'm actually not going to describe When we it first fall asleep, we start on stage one. Well, there's a duh statement right there. <laughs> well, not necessarily. And then we progress through them to the remaining five. <laughs> oh. Okay, but hang on. This is important, well, though. No, no. It's, what's important is that you said we start in stage one and go through the remaining five, which would make six stages. Ah, shit. That's a typo. <laughs> All right, we start on stage one, we go through the, the remaining four. Right. A full one through five cycle takes about 90 to 110 minutes, just like everything with people. It varies mm-hmm. on who you are and what's going on in your life, with each day's lasting 15 to 20. Once we complete stage five, however, you cycle right back to stage one. It's not like one, two, three, four, five, four, three, two, one. One, two, three, four, five, four, three, two, one. Uh, Mark, you're raising your hand. So how can five times 20 equal 110? Well, five times 20 equals 100, but again, it's variable. Just shut up and stare at your phone. <laughs> well, yes, that's the go, problem. Go back. Exactly. Go back to play my games. <laughs> uh, so anyway, but yeah, once you complete that final cycle, 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 you actually go back to stage one. You start over again. One possible reason for this is that on stage one, we're more easily aroused. So this may be a way. Mm-hmm, uh, <laughs> or we're more easily into cats. Okay, uh, let's just cut to the nuts and bolts here. When do you get morning wood? <laughs> At which stage you get morning wood? You know what? I the actually, only reason I ask is because in stage one, you're more aroused. Yeah. Well, I, I, I actually, I don't know. And I was looking for that. And I, 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 <laughs> I went in. I spent, I spent too much time trying to figure out a good reason for why you get morning wood. And so I moved on. But I, I God, I forgot about it. I should have put it here. <laughs> uh, but anyway, one possible reason that you start over at stage one again, one possible explanation is that this is kind of the body's way of checking itself. You go into deep sleep, it kind of surfaces a little bit, raises the periscope, looks around, says, okay, I, I can receive. Before it wrecks itself. Before, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it kind of heightens its senses for a little bit before we be like, ah, okay, going back to bed. Mm, still not dead. Okay, here we go. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Are we being mauled? No. <laughs> Great. It has a flow chart. Exactly. Being mauled. No. Scale of one to ten. <laughs> Being a mauled. scale of not being mauled to full on mauling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're about a six. Right. Yeah, go back. You need a little more nap. Yeah, you need to take a little bit more nap. Seven, though. Right, exactly. That's the Ooh, line. That's the cutoff, yeah. Uh, so, stage one. It's like a dealer in Vegas, you know, at 16, they have to stand. Yeah. <laughs> 
So stage one. So uh, this is the catnap phase. This is your first few minutes of sleep. During this phase, eye movement slows down slightly and is signified by your brain producing alpha and theta waves on something called an oscilloscope. Theta waves. Theta waves. That's all I got. Yeah, I'm just going to push on past, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, in this phase, you are easily woken up. So not very deep sleep. Stage two. And apparently easily aroused. <laughs> I think roused is what I should have just typed instead of the aroused part. You know the audience you're talking to. Yeah, that's true. That's on you. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it starts with this room. Um, <laughs> still fairly wakeable. Stage two. Uh, the frequency. Is wakeable a word? Uh, yes. <laughs> that was said with confidence. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, and you guys can be so sure that you don't even need to look it up. <laughs> um, so the frequency of alpha and theta waves. Well, could wakeable refer to somebody who's worthy of having a wake after they die? Yeah, it could. Okay. It could. Yeah. That'd be it, like, that'd be like the second definition in the, th- in the, well, I mean, really, it's, it's culturally dependent. Like, where are you going to use this <laughs> word? Like, definitely you start going Eastern, you start getting over to your, you know, like Britain and, you know, those places that speak English, then yes. Moving on. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so that was terrible. Uh, still fairly wakeable. Still fairly wakeable. The frequency of alpha and theta waves slow down. Slow down. After an initial increase. I move it also slows down. Stage two. (laughs) Thank you. I forgot that. After an initial increase in frequency, eye movement also slows down a little bit more. Stage three. Eye movement stops and voluntary muscle activity stops as well. This is the beginning of deep sleep and delta brainwaves slow down. Slow down. Stage four. (laughs) It is most difficult to wake up during this stage. This is... Essentially, your deepest of sleep. During this stage, the brain begins to produce more delta waves. Activity in your immune system will actually increase with the production of leukocytes in red bone marrow. And we also start seeing an increase in the release of human growth hormone. Stage REM. (laughs) So REM, or rapid eye movement sleep. So a lot of people are very, uh, you've probably heard this term before, but REM sleep occurs after stage four. And REM stands for rapid eye movement, which is exactly what happens during this phase of sleep. So in every other phase of sleep, eye movement was getting less, less, less to the point that it really stops. All of a sudden you get to stage five, eye movement starts going bananas. So most dreaming. B A N A N A S? I would say B A N A N A S. Okay. Yeah. Um, so most dreaming occurs at this phase, heart rate and blood pressure increase and respiratory rate becomes rapid, irregular, and shallow. This is very close to head trauma. Like when you think oh, yeah. about this, yeah. like if it wasn't, if, if the heart rate didn't increase, this is essentially Cushing's triad. Exactly. <laughs> if you want to learn more about Cushing's triad, we do have a head trauma podcast mm-hmm. out there. Uh, we have a medical stuff podcast. We have a head trauma episode. That's very true. Uh, this also, damn it. Um, this, well, this is when the hippocampus and the cortex activity increases, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. And that's when you start getting that consolidation of memories that we mentioned earlier. We think. Yeah. So when, uh, and the funny <laughs> thing about the REM sleep though, is you are actually. music the entire time. Exactly. <laughs> it's the end of, of the, the sleep that we know, know it. it. Sleep cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Fist bump, baby. They probably heard that fist bump. Mm-hmm. I will yeah. amplify it in case I you didn't. I don't believe in having light fist bumps. If you're going to do that, you need to really kind of lay into it. I think it's a weird thing to do. Like, like no offense to Howie Mandel. 
And right. he does fist bumps all the time, but some of them. Yeah, but that's really, because he's a germaphobe and he doesn't want to shake your hand. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. But the light fist bumps just looking like, oh, it's kind of weird. Yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah, so REM, you are actually more rousable during REM sleep than you are in stage four. Stage four hmm. is is the the deepest of the deep, deep sleeps. Deep, deep, deep. Um, and so then after you're done with that, you start over again at stage one. Stage one. <laughs> so the goal of your average adult is to get six to seven REM cycles per night. That's my goal. Yeah. And so, again, we already talked about it earlier. You go through all these stages anywhere from 90 to 110 minutes. Or 100 minutes. Or 100. Well, yeah, from 90 to 110. Yeah, but if you do 20 minutes. I know the math didn't add up, and it was all from the – anyway. Moving on. Yeah. So, those are the cycles of sleep. We've got to talk a little bit about sleep patterns, though. And this is where – uh, this is where the sleep episode starts hitting personally for a lot of paramedics, especially those of us that are working shifts. So normally sleep reoccurs at a set pattern. That's called your circadian rhythm. I don't know. Do you remember when all those PSAs were It's like every day on the radio, you'd hear two or three times a day, like PSAs about taking a power nap and your circadian rhythms and all that stuff just so you don't crash your car. Nope. Oh, well, that's where I first heard the term circadian rhythm. As a freshman in high school, you were probably checking out uh, nursing homes for yourself. But anyway, so. Checking out nurses. <laughs> but doom. Actually, you were married to a nurse at the time, I think. I was. Yeah. Well, there you go. So. Once not, a long time ago. So not a lie then. Everything nope. we just said is factual. Uh, so. Uh, right. So. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So in most adults, our sleep pattern. I cut that I wonder that if out. that's what everybody hears. <laughs> I often wonder that. Is this really listed an hour of them sitting in their car or whether they listen to us just hearing blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Just background. I don't mm-hmm. care as long as I hear the ads when we finally put them in. Oh, anyway. God, I can't wait. <laughs> so normally sleep occurs in a set pattern, blah, blah, blah. Uh, in most adults, our sleep rhythm is awake during the day and asleep at night. Ha, ha, ha. I missed that. Uh, your sleep pattern <laughs> oh, is, yeah. yeah, your sleep pattern is influenced by a number of things. However, one of the primary drivers is light itself. Your circadian rhythm isn't a single magical function of your body. There's not like some magical clock, but rather instead a collection of various inputs that your brain receives to signal when it's time to go snoozy. Like right after you drank a fifth of whiskey. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That Which- would be the signal that your body needs to go to sleep. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's. Yes. You know, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, as mentioned before, though. So, motion sickness. Yeah. Do you know the body's first reaction to mo- motion sickness? And vomiting? Uh, no, to go to sleep. Oh, really? That's why when you put a child into a car and take them for a drive, a lot of times they will doze off. Oh, nice. Or when I'm driving, I doze off. Babe. <laughs> I want to die, die peacefully in my sleep like my grandpa, and- not screaming my full head off like everybody else in the car he was driving. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> don't know where to go with that, do you? No, no, I'm good. Uh-huh. I'm good. We're just gonna move on. Uh, as mentioned before, much of sleep is still a mystery, though. Uh, but there are a few major things that tell your body when to snooze. So, yeah, we talked about light. Light, when your eyes perceive light, particularly blue light, the release of melatonin is delayed. Melatonin is a chemical that your body produces that makes you sleepy. And this is why they tell you not to uh, play on your electronic devices when you're trying to go sleep. Absolutely. In fact, a lot of a lot of devices nowadays have blue light filters. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, like mine, actually, I think yours does too. Boo, boo, boo. It's and a it, blue um, light filter helps uh, helps people not stay awake. Oh yeah. So uh, surprisingly, well, okay, surprisingly to me anyway, taking melatonin to help you sleep is only supported by limited evidence. 
with various rigorous studies producing inconsistent results. I found this surprising because a lot of people take melatonin. To well, a lot of people take melatonin to me, it, and it makes sense. Right, this hormone well, causes I'm wondering, sleepy. I wonder if it's like calcium that just because you take it doesn't mean that your body. Right. There's not a direct transfer of melatonin into your system because your body breaks things down before it goes into your bloodstream. Break it down. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, just because you take melatonin, just because you take calcium, just because you take something doesn't mean that that's how it ends up in your bloodstream. Yeah. Um, we talked about in our medical myths uh, episode uh, two, I believe, different concepts that are out there and – one of them that kind of drives me a little bit crazy is a- apple cider vinegar. Oh, yeah. we t- I think we've mentioned that in a few episodes. You know, it's worth mentioning. It's, you know, it's just because you take apple cider vinegar does not mean that it gets into your bloodstream. So, no, it's not going to cleanse you. Right. Just because you take melatonin, I'm wondering if during the breakdown process, it changes it somehow. You know what episode it was? Mm-hmm. It was actually when we were talking about cardiovascular because I started talking about blood pH. And there are people oh, out yeah, there who yeah. think they can change their blood pH by taking apple cider vinegar. Right. And your body actually very, has a very limited tolerance of blood pH levels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Change. It's a very tiny range. Um, but yeah, it's, but the thing is though, uh, even though it's produced inconsistent results and the reason's still elusive, um, melatonin is still recommended, uh, but there is some caution behind it. So the Mayo Clinic states that caution, <laughs> I wasn't as good as when you said the stage, try again. <clears throat> caution. Ooh, that, that was better? good. Yeah. Do it for you. Yeah, no, that's good. Are we back to the arousable part of sleep? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, have a arousable part of being awake. Okay, moving on. <laughs> please uh, move on. Please move on. So the, uh, the Mayo Clinic states that even though limited, there is some evidence to suggest that melatonin supplements can help with sleep. And furthermore, the body is going to readily rid itself of any excess melatonin. So there's almost zero risk in taking it. However, the warning that comes with this is that taking melatonin absolutely does not replace healthy sleep practices. Uh, When the body doesn't produce uh, melatonin, it's rarely because it's incapable of doing so. And more commonly... Just being pissy. Yeah. No. It just just doesn't want to. It could. (laughs) Just not gonna. Yes, Karen. We need melatonin. (laughs) Uh, Anyway... Uh, but low melatonin is far more likely to be a result of poor sleep habits than it is your body not producing it. And so your healthcare provider is going to want you to correct those things, maybe in addition to taking melatonin. But melatonin is not going to replace your sleep or is not going to replace good sleep habits, rather. Um, so uh, another thing that oh, did I scroll too much. So a chemical imbalance, a hormone called uh, gamma Amniobutyric acid, or GABA. Stick with GABA. Mm-hmm. GABA, GABA. Is responsible for, for reducing nerve impulses. Nerve, nerve impulses. Mm-hmm. Nerve impulses. Mm. Nerve impulses. Uh, low levels of GABA have been correlated with sleep disorders, such as insomnia. Uh, if you drink too much caffeine during the day, you need to stop that because it inhibits your adenosins, uh, it inhibits adenosins effect on the brain. Uh, which will also alter sleep cycles, particularly when present later in the sleep cycle. So caffeine before bed, poor choice. Right. Caffeine in the afternoon or evening, poor choice. Yeah. At last, you know, um, excessive amount of caffeine during the day. Spence. 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 He hates coffee. <laughs> and by hates coffee, I mean lives <laughs> he, off of it. Uh, he told me one time that he gets the shakes and the sweats when he gets down to half a bag of coffee in his house. <laughs> I would, I wouldn't doubt it no, one bit. I mean, 
if there's anybody out there that you would think would find a way to have intravenous coffee. So Spence, I don't know if he would though, because he loves coffee. He likes drinking it. Yeah, he, he legitimately says he doesn't like he doesn't like creamers, doesn't have sugar. Nope. Just likes black good black mm-hmm. coffee. Exactly. Um what what we did have this one moment once where he walked to the soup's office, he had two cups of coffee, and he sat down. And I said, hey, thanks, man. I grabbed one of cups of coffee. He looked at me, and then he got back up and go filled up a second one and sat down again. <laughs> it was not for me. No. That but at was... the same time, I think he realized it is kind of weird <laughs> to bring two cups of coffee. Not weird enough for him to not go get another one. No, no, no. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that was good times. So, <laughs> uh, so, so we're going to have, have a coffee intervention with Spence. Don't tell him. <laughs> Crap, he listens. We're going to uh, say some words. We're going to say some words. Uh, so another thing that well, actually can, real quick, can I touch on something here? Sure. <laughs> okay, your word said sure, but guys did <laughs> not say sure. I finally got know. going again. I know that's why I interrupted you. No. Um. So there's a medication right now that's been getting a lot of attention. It's called gabapentin. Yes. And <laughs> I was enthusiastic. Um, this is something that's given for seizures, but it's also given for um. Fibromyalgia, because of the decreasing of the nerve impulses. Uh, diabetic neuropathy. Diabetic another neuropathy is another one, yeah. But they're finding a, bad, a side effect of it is that it decreases the body's ability to produce its own GABA. Ooh. And so coming off of it is extremely difficult. Is a side effect of it no GABA-GABA? <laughs> um, but, you know, coming off of it is a fairly – they ha- you can't just go cold turkey. Oh, wow. Because your GABA levels hit so low that it intensifies everything you've been trying to fix with it. So, you actually have to step down off of it to the point that they're putting it as uh, addictive as opioids. I think I've been seeing a few headlines out there mm-hmm. where it's like the, it's one of the latest you know, drug abuse. On se- separate note, have you, heard, have you seen the stories about the uh, corduroy pillowcases? No. Oh, they're making headlines. Why? No. Oh, shit. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> it is a. It's such a good joke, though. Like it's. It is dumb. It is dumb. Oh, it's and horrible. It, and it might be one of those things and that it's maybe great. it's just the dad in me that thinks it's uh-huh. funny, but it is pretty funny. Um, so diet, diet can also mess with your rhythm rhythms. Is that, is that what we're gonna say on that one? Yeah. Well, no. Malnourished patients may find themselves more tired more often due to reduction of available fuel. You talked about this earlier. Um, in some cases, hunger can have an inverse effect where the sympathetic nervous system is stimulated. Yeah. Think about when you get cranky, when your blood sugar gets low, there is an evolutionary, right. Um, there is a, uh, see your word said right, but your eyes did not say right. Uh, there is a, there's a thought process that, um, processes, uh, process I, a flock of process I, there's a flock of process I, uh, that, that doesn't make any sense. Regardless, moving on. Uh, or hang on, just to piss off Mark, irregardless. Oh, um, <laughs> oh we got to be careful going to work in the morning. It's going to be black eyes. Oh, Jesus age. <laughs> hey, you started that. Now that we're angry. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, one of the thoughts uh, behind that is, is if you think back to hunter-gatherer days, uh, as you get hungry, you become more desperate for food, it becomes more of an emergency that you get it. And so an increase or stimulation of your sympathetic nervous system, which is the nervous system that's basically, it's responsible for fight or flight. Right. This uh, heart rate increases. Agitation is more likely. Your pupils dilate and you become actually a better, <clears throat> ooh, that's just opening your eyes. Oh, okay. Which actually caused your pupils to constrict because it took in more light. <laughs> so you did the opposite. But anyway, yeah, so, and um, so that was a thought there. And so as a common theme, <laughs> we think. Yeah. We really don't know what 
this is the best guess? Yeah, again, th- this is all correlation. Right. We've noticed that if this happens, sleep tends to suck more. And it's really funny how science will vehemently fight against the correlation as causation, but that's all we really have in this instance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, talk a little about uh, when sleep goes wrong. Uh, when sleep goes bad. Tonight. <laughs> so, uh, insomnia. Insomnia is simply the word used when people are unable to get to sleep or stay asleep. And there are many, many causes for this, we think. Could be one. We don't know. Uh, some are easier to treat than others. Uh, one is going to be sleep habits. Uh, sleep habits. Poor sleep habits is one of the leading causes of insomnia. We covered uh, most of the causes of poor sleep habits when we spoke in the circadian rhythms. But well, we touched on people who work nights. But we mm. really didn't go into that. That is very hard to sleep during the day for a lot of people. Me included. You know. This is very near and dear to me. Right. Well, I would say dear, but near. Oh, yeah. It's- Man, I love not being able to sleep during the day. Woo! Um, when I was working nights for many years, literally the only way I could get a good night's sleep was we bought such heavy blackout curtains that regardless of what time of day it was, you did not know if it was day or night outside. This is what I have in my room right now. You know, and it's just because of that lack of light helps with your body to finally shut down and get into that deep sleep. Right. And because what light does is, uh, I mean, I'm talking about, but it inhibits your body's ability to produce melatonin. Right. So. So. Um, well, actually, I believe it, it, what it actually does. So, uh, melatonin is uh, produced from serotonin. Mm-hmm. And so, I believe light in, inhibits that specific process of serotonin to melatonin. Okay. And uh, or I believe it actually inhibits serotonin itself, which is also why lack of light is associated with depression. Hmm. Because okay. in depression, we have decreased levels of serotonin. Yeah. And so, anyway, moving on. Um, but there has been a rise in the usage of the term shift work disorder. Or SWD. <laughs> SWD. SWD, it comes from the, those that work jobs that require them to be up at night. Uh, I, for many, many years, worked night shift. Yeah. I like night shift. I like being on shift at night. Oh, I like being different. out at night. You know, you and I talked about this once. It's the same thing as like being in the snow or working in the snow. Right. There's a certain attraction to the job when like no one else works this hour. Right. But I'm out here. Yeah. You're out there. You're driving around at night. Uh, I had a, uh, one of the medics said to me one time, he goes, everything about night rocks except the hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. That have been me. If I could work. Uh, no, it wasn't you. That no. was way too intelligent for you. Um Ouch. <laughs> so um I just wanna I want I, I wanna point this out. You picked me as a podcast partner. Like <laughs> Yeah, but you turned me down the first time. I did. So and I you can came be, I can be mean to you. So you but you picked me twice. Yeah, but you weren't my first. <laughs> and toast. <laughs> <laughs> so um these are either uh, those who work through the night, staying awake the whole time, or those who work 24-hour shifts and may be frequently awoken during the evening, such as firefighters. Yeah, firefighters typically work all day in that station. Right. And then they are woken all night for the calls. Absolutely. Uh, workers who stay awake all night commonly have trouble sleeping during the day. As we mentioned earlier, the light plays a role in our ability to get to sleep. And those of us on night shift often find ourselves driving home in broad daylight, inhibiting the release of melatonin and making it difficult to fall asleep once we do get home. Yeah. Further, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and uh, 
Well, just kind of what you got in there, too. And further, night shift workers may need also to live a day cycle mm-hmm. uh, lifestyle when they're not working, which is what I have to do. Yep. I have kids to watch. I used to. I'd work uh, 9.15 at night to 9.45 in the morning. Yeah. I get off work. I go pick up my daughter from daycare, take her to kindergarten. I would go sleep in a park while she was in kindergarten because she was only in the uh, afternoon class. So she's only there for a couple hours. And I was horribly afraid that I would go home. And, of course, I knew this would not go down this way. But in my head, I would not wake up from my alarm clock. Mm-hmm. And then I just had mental images of my daughter standing outside her school by herself because everybody else went home. Da- Daddy? Yeah, exactly. And I'm asleep. So, no, I know that wouldn't happen in kindergarten. You right. Know? <laughs> Somebody would make sure she's protected. Yeah. But, yeah, so I'd go sleep. Good luck, kid. <laughs> I'd go sleep. <laughs> See you tomorrow, Becca. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the hitter goes, hey, can you lock up? Just <laughs> <laughs> gave her own key. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'd go, for, I'd go sleep for a couple hours in the park, go back, pick her up. And if it was a day I had to go back to work that night, I'd take her back to daycare and then go home and sleep for a couple hours. Oh. If it was a day I did not have to take, I had, did not have to go to work that night, I'd go home, stay up until that night when she went to bed, then go to bed and sleep. Nah. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Lame. <laughs> but yeah, and that's, and that's kind of where I'm at. And just so you guys know, um, the recommendation is if you have to. So you know, to work, Chris is grumpy when he's tired. No. Uh, <laughs> when. If you have to work this kind of schedule, the absolute recommendation is do not do the flip-flop. Mm-hmm. If if you are a night shifter, then you need to be a night person. That's kind of the way that goes. And that's yeah. part of the circadian rhythm. If you do do the flip-flop, which I I don't have a way around it right mm-hmm. now. You have small children you have to take care of. Yeah. And then and the wife has to work. So, right. that's where we're at. Um, if you end up doing that, what ends up happening is your body just never gets a rhythm. <laughs> and so, trying to get to sleep is very, very difficult. Now, the Good news is, barring other issues such as um, PTSD or chemical imbalances, once you get to sleep, generally speaking, you're okay. But right. getting to sleep is the challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's the challenge. That's always a challenge for me. Yeah. Um, I worked nights for many years. Then I went to a day shift for a brief period of time. And my daughter said, I like it when you work days much better, Daddy, because you're not near as grumpy. No, yeah. I will stay on day, sweetie. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't care about my kids that much. <laughs> uh, 24-hour shifts, though, also come with their own set of issues, especially in situations where the workers are significantly utilized during the night, such as one of the downtown stations mm-hmm. at uh, our area that I can think of right now. Um, this results in not only poor sleep cycles due to constantly waking when you should be asleep, but also a lack of sleep. Uh, on top of this, when they're even away from work, workers that are used to waking at a moment's notice may have trouble ever getting to a deeper level of sleep as the body will attempt to remain chemically ready for quick action. Because mm-hmm. um, basically, your body associates sleep with the sudden need to get up. Mm-hmm. And so, you end up producing higher levels of things like norepinephrine and epinephrine, uh, which are neurotransmitters in your body that make you fight or flight. Right. Well, this is all. this is adrenaline. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brit. So, uh, the psychological problems with sleeping. Uh, psychological challenges such as PTSD and depression can also cause trouble with sleep. Uh, the link is not exactly understood. Some of the chemicals in your brain that assist with falling asleep are also associated with depression. So, you think if you have too many of those. Mm-hmm. Well, I do that one of the uh, – a lot of times when people are depressed, they do sleep a lot. Right. But it may not be a restful sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that they tend to, uh, you know, and again, they don't know why. But uh, one of these uh, 
one of these chemicals, for example, is serotonin, which Chris was talking about a little while ago. Um, low levels of serotonin, <clears throat> low levels of serotonin in your brain have been linked to depression. That's why you're given an SSRI, which is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Yeah, and the way that works, when we're talking about reuptake, a lot of times what your brain will do is uh, it's reuptaking serotonin that's already been made. And so that ultimately reduces levels in the brain. So if we limit reuptake, mm-hmm. we have more serotonin available. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, proceed. Oh, okay. Uh, psychological health uh, related reasons. There are a number of health related reasons one might not be able to sleep, such as sleep apnea. Uh, sleep apnea is a condition where the person stops breathing while they sleep. Um, a friend of mine went to go take a sleep study to see if he had sleep apnea, which right. Anybody who'd been near him, there was no question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, His neighbors are like. I saw. I worked with him. I saw him the next day. I'm like, hey, how was your your sleep study? He goes, that actually when they put me on the CPAP is the best sleep I've had in years. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, the resulting hypoxia and hypercarbia uh, cause the person to become aroused as the body enters an almost emergency-like state. So, basically, all night long and like – all night long. All night. All night long. You did it wrong. What, what's the next word? Oh, never mind. So, moving on. <laughs> There's another all night on the back side of that. Oh. All, all night. night long. All night. All, all night. night. Oh, I think I'm fucking up, too. No, I don't, that doesn't sound right. Anyway, um, <laughs> probably not the time to really work our way through that little. <laughs> um, so, basically, your body... For whatever reason, a lot of times it's uh, the fact that your airway in the back of your throat is closing off in your lower uh, oropharynx, so you cannot breathe. So, basically, your body just stops breathing for a period of time, and then all of a sudden it startles itself to a level of wakeness that makes you uh, start breathing again. But also real- it also releases the adrenaline and everything in a flight or fight, uh, fight or flight mechanism. So... You have a spike in blood pressure, you have a spike in uh, heart rate, and you're never really able to get into a deep sleep because this doesn't just happen like once a night. Yeah. It's happening oh, yeah. every couple minutes. Right. And so you never get into a deep sleep. Yeah. And the hard part about this, though, is a lot of people don't even know. No. But a lot of times the reason people find out that they have this is because their partner tells them, so you stop sleeping at night. You know that, right? Yeah. Or they snore. I mean, if I don't use my CPAP, I snore like a freight train. Right. You know, and I would wake up in the mornings. I can tell when my uh, CPAP got dislodged during the night because I wake up with a headache. Yeah. Because I was snoring so bad during the night. My uh, Doug Finkston, one of the, uh, my dad, he's been a guest on the show. He uses CPAP. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he's actually talked about it on the show. I, I, it's to the point now, I've been using it for so long, I don't know if I can sleep without my CPAP. Right. So, um, people will uh, people will sleep with – oh, sorry. So, with the uh, sleep apnea, uh, this will happen many times during the night. When I went and did my study in the short period of time that I was not with CPAP, mm-hmm. um, I came up to a point of wakefulness in just a couple of hours, 35 times. Right. So, with this spike in blood pressure and heart rate and your body constantly dumping adrenaline into the bloodstream, you also get an increase in uh, stroke. Oh, wow. And heart attacks. Ah, wow. Because, A, you're not getting the proper sleep you need to properly heal the body, but then you keep spiking your blood pressure and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, you increase your chance of having a stroke or a heart attack or an aneurysm, which is a type of stroke, you know. 
Uh, they often feel unrested. You're tired constantly because you uh, have fewer completed sleep cycles. And then uh, <laughs> trauma. Pain I was, make hard, I was <laughs> pain make hard to sleep in all capitals. I was in a rush to finish this. I was a little behind on my <laughs> show prep, and I was in a rush. But basically, yeah. One more uh, time. Pain make hard to sleep. You know, I don't even think I need to explain the rest of it. I actually think that does a really good job. Because, you know, okay, think about that. You got broken ribs, broken legs. You're in pain. Oh, I hurt my ribs one time. Yeah. Wrestling a patient, and we thought he went unconscious, and we all backed off. Mm-hmm. And then he started fighting again, and we went to roll him over, and I landed on a firefighter's elbow. Oh, yeah. And, a, I mean, it popped my back, my back all the way down. But it took an elbow right in the ribs. My ribs are killing me. My back felt fantastic, but my ribs are absolutely <laughs> killing me. Like, thanks for the realignment, but ugh. oh man. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was off for the weekend. Naturally, it was just my weekend off. Everybody's working for the weekend. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, could not did not sleep well that weekend. I went to work Monday night, working with a brand new partner for the first time. Mm-hmm. Go to our first call. We, and this is back before we had power gurney, so we had to actually lift our patients. No, geez. Uh, it was the a dock ages. <laughs> uh, we lifted the patient. My partner goes, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, why? Well, you just went really pale and broke out in a sweat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ended up getting checked out because I hadn't been seen. I was, ho- I was hoping to rehab it over the weekend. Uh, got some flexural and some prescription level ibuprofen. Yeah. Uh, went home and slept 18 hours because I yeah. had not been sleeping over the weekend. And uh, felt much better. Went back to work the next night. Heck yes. No problem. <laughs> it's amazing how sleep works. Oh, yeah. So, uh, medications. This can also cause insomnia. So, medications. Uh, some medications have the side effect of insomnia, but there are many medications that can lead to this. But uh, medications such as – so, let's talk a little bit about those SSRIs. Ooh. So, the – Let's talk about SSRIs, SSRIs. baby. So, the selective serotonin reuptake uh, inhibitors – uh, that does make more serotonin uh, available uh, for the body to use, but at the same time, it has a side effect of inhibiting the trans- the conversion of serotonin to melatonin because uh, a lot of that is done after a reuptake process. So SSRIs used to treat depression may cause insomnia. Insomnia can also cause depression. <laughs> so, right. so there is a therapeutic level there. Um, stimulants such as uh, steroids that are used to treat different types of inflammation or breathing problems also can cause um, insomnia. Anything that's an amphetamine, such as medications for ADHD or, of course, illicit uses of amphetamines, such as methamphetamine, um, make it difficult to sleep. We already talked about caffeine. Um, <clears throat> there are pills like that. There's a, for example, there's a Excedrin migraine. Has mm-hmm. um, has caffeine. A lot, of, a lot of well, um, what is Excedrin? Uh, Excedrin is it ibuprofen? It's aspirin. It's aspirin. Okay, can't remember which one it was. Uh, yeah, so uh, a lot of your aspirin derivatives. Yeah, they're one of the reasons it works is because you have the caffeine in there. Check some caffeine in yeah. there. Yeah. So yeah, there are medications that can cause it. So let's talk a little bit about sleep treatments. So you have a sleeping problem. What are some things we can do? Well, Mark and I have talked about this a few times already. Go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, just go to sleep when you're tired. Um, Sleep habits. So it's really important to develop good sleep habits. So one of the things that uh, if you look at at it on an evolutionary scale at humans. Sleep naked. uh, Sleep – 
Sure. Um, <laughs> if you look at an evolutionary scale of humans, light bulbs are relatively new. To us as a species, light bulbs are new. Oh, yeah. And artificial light uh, is new. Before that, if you wanted Only light at night. Uh, the time of Alexander Graham Bell, when he spoke into the phone, do we have light bulbs? And it was also one of the- <laughs> What? <laughs> Well, it used to be, <laughs> way back in yonder times, if you wanted light at night, that was a campfire. And that was not exactly a lot of light. No. You know, nowadays, we light football stadiums if it's the middle of the day mm-hmm. uh, on the equator. You know, well, like it's- on uh, helicopters, you'll have what's called a night sun. Yeah. And it is a powerful, powerful, it literally lights up the area like sunlight. Yeah. People are like, did the day just come on? Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway. But yeah, so we have these artificial lights. Well, light for the longest time has been a trigger for us to stay awake. And so now we're normally right around, what, 7 p.m.? The sun will start going down. Mm-hmm. Lights would dim. Unless you're in the Pacific Northwest like we are. Yeah. And it's 4.30. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so, but that, but normally, and so your sleep cycle would start then. Your reduction of lights and melatonin production would be gradually allowed to increase throughout the day. Well, Mark, you and I are sitting here right now. It's 10.30 and we're surrounded by light. Naturally, if we didn't have lights, it would be pitch black out for some time. So, Mark and I have essentially delayed our melatonin production. So, a lot of times, things what they recommend now is start turning down lights in your house early. Mm-hmm. Right around dinner time, start turning them off. Just keep on what you need to see what you're doing and then so turn them off again. on your way to bed. Absolutely. And then die that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there's that. There's also going to sleep at the same time every night and waking up around the same time. Um, if you are one of those poor, unfortunate bastards like myself that have to work nights, it is much better to have to stay on a night cycle than to do what I do. Right. And flip flop. Well, when I was, uh, when I was single, mm-hmm. I just stayed on the night cycle. Yeah. You know, you get to know cops really well that way. Right. Exactly. Because you're out hanging out somewhere. Like, off been... duty or on duty? <laughs> well, off duty because where I lived uh, yeah, at the time, I was in a fairly small town. Yeah. And I would, I mean, it's your day off. You want to just sit in the house all the, all the time. So I would go out and maybe go for a walk or, yeah. you know, go. Sometimes it'd be rob a bank. Exactly. Right. You know, um, knock over a convenience store. Yeah. All normal, healthy nighttime. No, but, you know, it's people, cops see you just walking around every night or walking in a, you know, in a nice neighborhood. They're going to maybe stop by and see what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know. And, but I also got into regular rhythm that way. Yeah. And stayed with it. And it's good to get into that uh, regular rhythm. So, uh, other things to uh, – actually, that is kind of one of the big detractors to 24-hour shifts. I know from a life standpoint, 24-hour shifts may seem like a great deal because a lot of times – One day on, two days off. Yeah. Or some people do 48 hours where mm-hmm. it's 40 days on, 96 off. 48 mm-hmm. hours on, 96 off. But there has been a lot of articles written about how – this is bad because it's really difficult to counter mm-hmm. the impact on your sleep with a shift like that. Mm-hmm. And there, well, had- you, you never get into a set rhythm on your days not, days off long enough before you're back with yeah. that interrupted sleep pattern. Right, exactly. Versus if you're just working 12 hours, then you can be awake during that night and you right. can sleep. You can have a regular sleep cycle if you're just doing 12 hours. It's very difficult to do with 24 yeah. hours. Oh, yeah. So, um, and there's also concerns over, does it have an impact on the work that those people do? But anyway, so medications, of course, there is the medication route. If we're, uh, if we are anybody, we're people that like medications. Mm -hmm. So there are a few medications out there and these can absolutely help. Um, one of the common medications that is used, uh, common classes would be a sedative. 
So sometimes people can take trazodone or zolpidem. These are uh, all medications to help reduce anxiety. Um, lorazepam, for example, is another one. Uh, these uh, help reduce anxiety. And when you're anxious, your heart rate increases, your body's in go mode, not sleep mode. And so if we can remove the anxiety from your life and put you more into sleep mode, that can help. Uh, antihistamines. I know there's plenty of people here who have taken Benadryl and gotten drowsy from that. Diphenhydramine being the active ingredient in Benadryl. You'll also find diphenhydramine in a lot of over-the-counter uh, sleep medications or a lot of like nighttime medications, like nighttime pain relief or nighttime cold and cough. You'll see diphenhydramine thrown in there because mm-hmm. it helps you get to sleep. Oh, yeah. Anything with PM on the end has yeah. Benadryl yeah. <laughs> or diphenhydramine. Just, it's just – Just to kind of get you in there. And then there's also – so let's talk a little bit about Ambien. Ooh. Yeah. Kind of a source of controversy. Should we uh, turn down the ambient light when we do this? Ooh. Mm-hmm. You found a word that's similar to ambient, Mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, so yeah. So, this is – this drug class I've, I've always found funny is non-benzodiazepine, which I'm sure there's more, like, research into why they call it a non-benzodiazepine. But to me, it just seems like there's a bunch of doctors around. It's like, what class is this? I don't know. Is it a benzo? No. All right, fuck it. Just write non-benzodiazepine down for now. We'll get to it later, and then no one ever did, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's where we and then that's where we are. Uh, so, Ambien. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Ambien. So, one of the things that Ambien uh, does is it helps you fall asleep faster, so you can get a better night's rest. But I do not believe it necessarily helps you stay asleep. Um, one of the issues with it, actually, is that it has a tendency to cause uh, memory loss as well as erratic behavior. And it's actually been kind of the subject of some controversy for a while. There have been some stories about people waking up in the middle of the night just not acting themselves. Covered and in blood. Covered, <laughs> covered in blood. There's a sheep underneath the bed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and going for uh, going for like a – In the woods naked. Like car drives and that kind of stuff. Um Largely, these are symptoms that occur when too much is taken when it comes to Ambien. But if you think about it. Well, I think these are associated with patients who, yeah, they take too much or they're taking it chronically or uh, like daily. Right. And the thing about uh, when, you, when, when you think about this, if you haven't slept in a while, you'll mm-hmm. do anything to get to sleep. Right. You want it. You want it bad. And there's just something preventing you from getting that. And so people might well, take. Look at Michael Jackson. Right. Yeah. He was taking propofol mm-hmm. to get to sleep. And when we say taking propofol, he was on an ejection tri- – he was on an infusion drip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's how you get propofol. It's not available as far as I know in oral medication. Yeah. It's a very short-acting uh, sedative. Yeah. And it's and, uh, hypnotic. hardcore. It's used yeah. for surgery. It's – yeah. Like if you go to the hospital and they're going to relocate your shoulder. Yeah. They will hit you with the propofol because it – A, it blocks the memories. Yeah. Of it happening and it knocks you out. Oh, yeah. For a very short period of time. They can then put your shoulder back into the proper joint. You don't feel the pain. You don't have the memory of that happening. Mm-hmm. But then they bring you out of it pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, with him, he uh, his doctor was not paying attention mm-hmm. and left the room. Well, because you have to constantly be, be monitoring the medication because you may have to turn her, the, the dose up or down. Yeah. Depending on what their vital signs are doing. Mm-hmm. If you're not there to see the vital signs. Eh, kind of doesn't work then. Yeah. So that's really all I got on sleep. There's, of course, much more on sleep. It's one of those things that we just don't know a whole lot about, and it's going to be ever-evolving. That was one of the things about studying this. I mean, I found a really good um, 
piece of research from Harvard University. Mm-hmm. Like, gosh, this is really good. And then I found some other sources that were a little bit different. And the Harvard University piece was dated 2009. Yeah. And in just nine short years, uh, a lot has changed. Mm-hmm. The Harvard University University paper barely mentioned anything about memory consolidation, mm-hmm. but most of the up-to-date modern research talks about memory consolidation a lot as mm-hmm. being one of the main functions. So, yeah, sleep is still an interesting uh, an interesting area of study and is going to be ever-evolving. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got on it. Sundowners. Oh, dementia patients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk so about that. So, sundowners is a uh, – it's a syndrome. Uh, triggers a lot, not exclusively, but a ma- very high majority in uh, dementia patients. So, uh, when you're somebody with al- Alzheimer's disease, you may notice big changes in how they act late in the afternoon or early evening. Uh, this is called sundowning or sundown syndrome. Uh, fading light seems to be the trigger. Uh, although you may not be able to stop it completely, you can take steps to manage this Uh Challenging time of day, so both of you sleep better. But what happens is that uh, as the sun goes down and you get less light, they wake up. Hmm. Um, you can get agitation. They can be restless, irritable, become very confused. Uh, they can yell, pace, hear or see things that aren't there. I mean, these are all kind of related to the Alzheimer's. But when you're working a normal schedule and you have a family member with you with dementia – and they're up screaming and yelling in the middle of the night multiple times or walking around doing stuff or trying to get out of the house. It can be exceptionally challenging. They're not exactly sure what causes it, but they believe that um, that when the changes of the chemicals in the brain with dementia have, when they have that, it changes the internal body clock. You know, the area of the brain that signals you when you're awake or asleep breaks down and in the people with the Alzheimer's and this cause, this could cause the sundowning. So what happens is everybody ends up tired. Everybody ends up irritable. Everybody ends up cranky and just the general, uh, quality of life goes down for everybody in the household. Oh, wow. Yeah. That can't have an impact on your life. So, yeah. So, I mean, just as much as we have a hard time understanding what causes us to sleep here, you have this disease or the syndrome that affects the person's uh, circadian rhythm, essentially. Yeah. On a fundamental level. So I just thought we'd touch on that. No, it's good. Good so, good thing to add. Good job, Mark. So, good thanks, job. Chris. Thanks. Do what don't, I can. Don't get a gold store on this episode. No. Damn it. So you got anything else? Nah, I'm set. Okay. Uh, if you have any questions, concerns, complaints, suggestions for shows. Send us an email. Oh, wait. No, I turned it. Go ahead. Good <laughs> Lord. You are horrible. You know? <laughs> I just messed it with you. I'm going to have to find somebody else. Um, you already tried once. <laughs> and. Any hoosers. No, you don't get anything for that, do you? No, I don't. Because <laughs> you're right. <laughs> he abandoned me. Uh, so, anyway, if you need to get a hold of us, please do. We are on Twitter at MedSideStuff, M-E-D-S-I-D-E-S-T-U-F-F. We're on Facebook at Medical Stuff. We're on Instagram at Medical Stuff 52 You can also send us an email at MedSideStuff at Yahoo.com. And, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, always, always, always. Always seek medical attention from a trained physician. Stay away from those untrained ones. Right. You can actually just listen to this podcast for medical advice. Do not do that at all. (laughs) That's actually Uh, a dumb thing to do. In fact, if you're going to listen to any advice on this podcast from us, let it be the always consult a physician if you find something odd or different going on in your life. Yeah. Or even if you just have questions. Right. Uh, Thank you for listening and toast. toast. Uh, That sucked. 
It was mostly my toast that sucked. Yeah, it did. Ready? You had sucky yeah. toast. Yeah, okay, ready? Toast. toast. Damn it. Damn it. Okay, we're out. Ready. Toast. 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 Toast.